There are days of the week, and then there's Thursday. Today is October 29th, 2020, and this is another installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and this is another quick look into what's happening and what's happened. To begin with, I want to draw attention to my friend Charlene Munford's GoFundMe campaign to help take her monster cleaning business to the next level. Earlier this year, Charlene tackled a huge job at my house, cleaning and clearing a basement that had just gone wrong. Go take a look at her story and see what you can do. The number of COVID-19 cases in Virginia has increased by another 1,429 cases today, and the percent positivity rate for PCR tests has increased to 5.3%, up from 5.1% yesterday. The number of reported deaths increased by 20 to a total of 3,636. The seven-day average of new cases is now 1,154. The Blue Ridge Health District reports another 29 cases today, with 10 from Charlottesville, 8 from Albemarle, 6 from Louisa, 3 from Nelson, and 2 from Fluvanna. The seven-day daily average of new cases is 28. There has not been a new fatality reported since last Friday, and so the death toll remains at 77. The seven-day positive rate for the Blue Ridge Health District remains at 2.7% for PCR tests and rises to 3% when all tests are considered. The University of Virginia reports 59 active cases as of yesterday, and 45 of those are students. 4% of quarantine rooms are in use, as are 2% of isolation rooms. A spike in cases in southwest Virginia prompted Governor Ralph Northam to address the Commonwealth yesterday, and he urged everyone to be vigilant. Case numbers are rising in most states and around the world. In other states and other countries, they're reimposing restrictions to get case numbers under better control. Nobody, nobody wants to have to do that. But this virus remains a very real threat. Northam said the Virginia Department of Health is working with local health officials in southwest Virginia to address the issue. He said he is aware of COVID fatigue. Most people are doing the right thing. And they are tired of seeing other folks disregard the rules and disregard the health and safety of other people. Northam announced that an additional $30 million in federal CARES Act funding will go into the Rebuild Virginia Grant Program, which is providing money to eligible businesses. We're up in the, the maximum grant amount to $100,000, up from $10,000. Northam had other things to announce as well yesterday. The General Assembly's special session has ended, and he has had legislation to sign. Today, Virginia becomes just the third state to ban no-knock warrants. These reforms also reduce militarization of police equipment, standardize law enforcement training requirements, and strengthen the process to decertify officers when needed. You can hear more from Northam in the next edition of the Charlottesville Quarantine Report, which should come out later on today. Top officials from the University of Virginia met with elected officials yesterday to discuss equity issues as well as the pandemic. This was the first time that President Jim Ryan addressed Albemarle supervisors and Charlottesville city councilors at a meeting. I believe making um, our communities more equitable um, and inclusive uh, is both the right thing to do and the smart thing to do. Um, You may have heard me say that I think the University of Virginia should be both 
great and good. And for that to happen, um, we absolutely need to be a diverse, equitable and inclusive community. But we also need to be a great partner um, to Charlottesville and Albemarle County. The three entities learned about efforts made in the past year, including the President's Council for UVA Community Partnerships and the Equity Institute. That brings faculty um, and community expertise to bear on um, racial and economic inequities. And it's also why we're planning to do a review of our staff hiring, retention, promotion, and procurement policies to make sure that those are um, equitable. Charlottesville Mayor Nakia Walker said she was glad that the meeting between the three groups was taking place. If we are more in sync, can create um, a better life for the citizens in our community. I um, am often sitting, especially in the time that we're in now, the unprecedented time that people keep speaking of, wondering um, how we prevent um, historians in the future from saying these are things that we could um, have done differently. I'll be producing a special report about this meeting that should hopefully be available by the end of the day tomorrow. An organization that connects Charlottesville school students with agriculture has received a five-year, half-million-dollar grant from the Charlottesville Area Community Foundation. The Charlottesville Schoolyard Garden will use the $500,000 Shaping Futures grant to help improve overall community health by promoting health outcomes. A release from the CACF states... That group's project is designed to help improve the health of Charlottesville youth through healthy school meals, engagement in school gardens, and cultivating leadership and lifelong healthy living skills. The schoolyard garden became part of the Cultivate Charlottesville organization earlier this year. In all, there are nine sites across the city, including one at the City of Promise. Today in meetings, the only item on the calendar is a meeting on the Urban Rivanna River Corridor Plan that is being coordinated by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. The Rivanna serves as one border between Albemarle and Charlottesville. Here's Sandy Shackelford, a planner with the TJPDC. This is a joint planning process between the County of Albemarle and the City of Charlottesville to create a vision and implementation strategies for what the urban section of the Ravana River should look like. The goal is basically to balance a lot of different interests that people have with using the river and making sure that the river continues to be a valuable asset to the community moving forward. This is the second phase of the study. The first took a look at existing conditions and was published in late 2018. This meeting begins at 6 p.m. And that's it for another installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. Thank you for listening and thank you for reading. Although if you're reading this, you're not hearing this. So you podcast listeners, you're getting the real deal. If you have enjoyed this program, please consider sending some sort of a financial contribution through any of the channels that I have mentioned before. You can find them. I don't need to mention them every time, but in case I did, they're Patreon, Substack, and Venmo, uh, which might actually be, uh, can you imagine like 200 years from now, someone's going to come back and think those were people? I'm Sean Tubbs, and I thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another installment. Be safe out there, and thanks for listening.